Okay. Should I have a seat? I could be just as comfortable as all of you guys. Be nice. Preach from here. No, first thing we're going to do is dismiss the kids. We have a special service designed just for you. So we've got ages four to grade, I don't know, if you still think you're a kid, five, four, five. You can meet your teachers in the back corner. And uh, yeah, you're going to have an awesome time of learning about God's design for your life. And parents, if you're joining us online, we have uh, online materials too. Or even if you're here, parents, we have materials that take the lesson they're learning this week and how to kind of engage in that all throughout the week. There's devotionals, there's a study, there's kind of the continued video content to just expand on that and bring faith into your home and make that a regular part of your conversations. It's hugely important. And while they're doing that, uh, I want to just tell you guys a little bit about next Sunday, what's happening. So we've got uh, next Sunday, October 30th. October is a month with five Sundays. And something we've been doing as a church is taking those months with five Sundays and letting them be a reminder to us that church is not just Sunday morning showing up at 10 a.m. Should actually be 9.55, by the way, but uh, maybe 10.05 sometimes. Uh, grabbing a cup of coffee, it's good coffee, finding your favorite seat, which I keep moving on you, and uh, sitting down, singing some songs, going home. That's not church, actually. It's, it's a worship service. It's a good reason to gather. It's a good way to grow together, but that's not church. Church is, uh, actually literally comes from the word ecclesia, uh, or ecclesia, it literally means gathering of people coming together. We are coming together for a purpose. And that purpose isn't to do a routine and be part of a club. That purpose is to worship God, to learn about God, to have God and the gospel impact our lives, and then live that out. So... There's always every year a few months, three, four months that have five Sundays in a year, and that's a perfect time for us to just shake it up completely and just change the routine. And so next week, October 30th, we're not doing a routine. We are doing uh, something fun. We're gonna call it the Give and Go Sunday. And uh, it's, it's gonna be really fun. There's two parts that are happening for that Sunday, and I wanna tell you about those. So the first one is uh, something called the Buckets of Thanks campaign through MCC, which is Mennonite Central Committee. Uh, it kind of came a little bit last second to us, but Mennonite Central Committee, MCC, is an amazing organization. We love to support. Many of you have worked with them. Uh, just recently, there was the MCC World Relief Fair at the Tradex. Awesome food, good causes. They are involved in relief and peacemaking work all around the world in conflict zones, uh, war-torn areas, uh, areas affected by disasters, areas affected by huge drugs or areas where, where people need help. And we come together as communities, not even just Mennonites, but just as communities of people who are following Jesus and support this with materials, with love, with time, with finances. And this program is a way that we're putting together kits that they actually literally take into these areas of disaster and just provide immediate relief. So some of your basic toiletries, some of your basic uh, necessities, uh, hygiene products that are just needed when your house is gone or the water's gone or turned off or there's nothing clean around, towels, soap, toothbrushes, razors, basic stuff like that. So, and they get assembled into these buckets, which are waterproof, which are crush-proof, easy to ship. Uh, so buckets of thanks, right around Thanksgiving season, between uh, Canadian Thanksgiving and the fake one, the American Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> We're online now, too, so that crosses the border. Oops. 
Anyways, here's what it looks like. So we are inviting you to, uh, as much as you're able to, collect the supplies and put together some kits. Bring them all the supplies you, you are able to collect. Bring them on, uh, on Sunday, next Sunday, October 30th, here to the church. We have the buckets. You don't have to find the buckets. MCC has supplied those. We have the buckets. We're going to have an assembling party. We're hoping to make a bunch of these. And now the thing is, we also know they're not super cheap. These aren't just basic little whatever. So if you can't get all the stuff, uh, even if you just have maybe some extra stuff, you have some brand new towels at home, you have some brand new toothbrushes or whatever, some things like that, bring the supplies that you are willing to do, or you can even support through cash donations. And we are looking into a few organization sponsorships to do some bulk purchasing, or as well as the cash that MCC can do purchasing with is much more powerful as well. So in any way you can support or are willing to support, we would love you to be part of that. We want to support this organization, MCC, as we can as a church. And that's a big part of what next Sunday is going to be. So that's the give part. And now the go part is really exciting. So it is one day before Halloween. I think last year we had to actually land on Halloween, which is spooky. But uh, Halloween, October 31st, is this day that everyone is out cramming their faces full of candy. Kids are out. Well, or the parents buy extra candy and eat it throughout the year. I buy extra candy for the youth and eat it throughout the year. And then next year, if it's getting close to Halloween, it's like, here's some prizes. It's definitely not expired candy from last year. <laughs> Halloween, what we, what we have done for the last few years is kind of set up stations throughout our city while everyone is out with their families, with their friends, dressed up, having a good time. It's a cold evening. And we have set up hot chocolate stations with some treats, with hot chocolate, and just a way to have a fun, extra involved, extra loving presence in our city as an incredible way to get to know our neighbors that you might have literally lived next to for years. And uh, I actually want to invite Carol Unger up, who's just going to share a little bit about, uh, they set up a booth at the end of their driveway last year, had a really cool impact of how that went. We did the same thing too, but um, you can even see in some of the pictures up behind us, I think some of those are, are from you. But yeah, Carol, if you want to just tell us what it was like, what happened, what you did. Yeah, well, first, I started off with doing the, the church group ones where we went to subdivisions here close to the church for about three, four years. But then with COVID and stuff and things got changed, and then there was the push more to let's actually be in our own neighborhoods. And we live close to the end of the road on Cherry Avenue where it's kind of dark. People would come down Cherry, go down the cul-de-sac to the, or down the, the catwalk to the cul-de-sac, we hardly had anybody ever come, so we thought, what's the point of doing it at our driveway? But we thought, nope, we're, we're going to give this a try. Made tons of hot chocolate, and we went right out at the sidewalk so that people coming down the street would see these lights and see what's going on there. We had tons of people. We went through gallons of hot chocolate. I made sugar cookies as well for, for the parents and individually wrapped them in little Ziploc bags, thinking, would people even take a homemade cookie now in this generation? Because, you know, is that even a safe thing to do? They all went, and these people just ate the cookies. And Nathan and Emily were actually down, trick-or-treating farther down the road, and they said they heard people say, have you gone to the place with the cookies and the hot chocolate yet? So, and then a couple of weeks ago, Steve was walking down the street from Brad's place, coming up to our place, and there was some some of the people down the street that were in their yard talking and Steve started talking with them and they wanted to know, well, where on the street do you live? And so he says, well, 
just down by the corner of Harar. Oh, are you the ones that did the hot chocolate station last year at Halloween? Are you going to do it again? So Steve said, well, I mean, we have no choice now, right? Because they're going to be coming for hot chocolate and treats. So we met so many neighbors that we don't even normally meet. They're, and most, a lot of these, I mean, because we don't have a lot of kids right in our area, they were from farther down the street. And we just had really good conversation with so many people. And it was, it was so much fun. So I challenge you guys to give it a try. I know it can be like stepping out of the comfort zone a little bit. But really, it's a blast. It really is so much fun. And you meet so many neat people and all these little kids with their cute costumes and stuff. So it was, it was great. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And, and here's the thing we want to do, too, just to make sure there's no excuses, because it is such a fun time. We have carafes. We have hot chocolate mix. We've got tables, tents, lights, whatever you might need. We have all the supplies for you to be able to do this. And on October 30th, next Sunday, uh, we want to be able to just set you up with those kits. So if you're coming to church to help us pack the the buckets of thanks, uh, and you also want to grab a kit for Monday Halloween evening, uh, just let us know. Let the office know. You can email us. You can let me know. We'll put a kit together to make sure that you are uh, fully equipped to go and have a really fun evening too. And, and just, represent an, just represent your love, God's love, be present in the community. And it is such a fun evening too. It, it's a really good time, just like Carol sharing. Um, yeah, absolutely. So next week is, like I said, not going to be just a Sunday of routine. It's going to be a Sunday where we're just getting our hands and our feet involved in our community and living out the gospel. And today, now I want to talk a little bit about what's going on today because it's a little bit different, right? You know, this is, this is just decoration, actually. Um, have some nice chairs kicking around. We've, we discovered under all the cleaning up we did this summer. But uh, what we're doing today is going to look a little bit different because... One, I want to capitalize on uh, the chair setup that was a little bit different that happened from a few weeks ago. We'll get back to normal. It's okay. We'll get the rose until I get bored again. I get antsy, and I take it out on the chairs sometimes. Usually on the sound equipment, but sometimes the chairs. I want to capitalize on this because we can move them, make it flexible. I also want to capitalize on and live out some, uh, two points that we talked about last week. If you were joining us last week, if not, I want to bring you back into that moment. But there's two things I brought up last week, and I want to be able to live those things out rather than just hear them, let it go into the bookshelf, wherever. So there's two things. One, one thing that I had mentioned last week, and I want to mention it over and over and over again, but it is essential for all of us to be reading the Bible, to spend time diving into the Word ourselves, and not just, you know, listening to me rambling on up here, not just listening to our favorite author, our favorite television speaker, our favorite podcast, or whatever it is, or a video series, but actually on your own, diving into the Word, even if you think you don't fully get it. One of the core values we have as, as a church connected to this movement called Anabaptism is that we fully believe that God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to us through the Bible to every single one of us, not just through somebody who's been given a headset mic in front of other people, but actually to you, to you, to you. God can speak through you. It is worth and important for you to study because, like I said last week too, I could be wrong. And it's important for you to know that and not just trust what I say or what somebody else says but to actually meet God for yourself. The other part about that, kind of about the me being potentially wrong kind of thing, it doesn't happen often. I do check. 
but I'm not Superman. I am, I sometimes feel like just a kid still sometimes, but uh, to make it there, like, I'm not Superman. No one person is, and you should never put all of your expectation and trust and dependency for your faith life, for your life in general, on somebody else, always being there, always having the thing to say, I hope that's not me, and especially in this season. So last week, just to say it too, I, I took a week off. It was amazing. I went up to Whistler with my wife and daughter. We had a great time off. Uh, it was like sunny still. It was 27 degrees most of the day. It was a great week off, and I didn't write a sermon. <laughs> I didn't have the time because I love all of you, I love my wife and daughter a lot too, and more, you know, if I'll say it. I, I love all of you guys. I love my wife and daughter a lot, and, and I, I want the rest too. I'm not Superman. And, and I want us to actually have that opportunity to just dive in and not depend on Sunday morning to give us our fill and then to go into the next week until the next Sunday morning. So this morning, we are going to dive into Galatians collectively. We're going to do a study. We're going to learn, and we're going to grow together. We are in Galatians chapter 4, starting around verse 21. I'm going to invite Kathy up here to just read us the scripture this morning. I'm going to give you a few notes, directions, guidance on uh, how we're going to dive into this together. So, Absolutely. Okay, good morning. Um, in Galatians 4, uh, starting at verse 21, we're going to read to 31, and the title at the top in my Bible, it says, Hagar and Sarah. <clears throat> Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a promise. These things may be taken figuratively, for the women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother, for it is written, Be glad, O barren woman who bears no children. Break forth and cry aloud, you who have no labor pains, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now, now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born in the ordinary way persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Thanks, Kathy. 
So what we're gonna do today is uh, we're gonna study this together. We are going to dive into it. Where you're sitting, you can move the chairs around, you can enter into the conversations, get up, walk around. Uh, hopefully it's not too awkward. Hopefully it is a bit awkward, actually. Church shouldn't just be a comfortable place. It's a safe place. But sometimes uncomfortable is an okay thing. Uh, what I do want to do, though, is I, I did want to let you know, as I, was, as I was getting prepped for this, too, and I was reading through it, and I was like, I want to give you kind of an example of, of what it looks like going through some of my quick thoughts uh, unrehearsed to give you an outline of how we can study this, because it's kind of a perfect passage, right? Uh, the Apostle Paul, so to bring you into the context of where we're at, as a church, we're doing a study through the book of Galatians, a book in the New Testament of the Bible written by the Apostle Paul, who was a man who had his life changed by Jesus, went around preaching and teaching people about Jesus, and then followed that up with these letters, just like this book was actually a letter written to people, uh, Christians in ancient Galatia, that we believe the Holy Spirit directly guided Paul to write. So it was important to them, it's important to us, it teaches us about God, the world, and about how the gospel changes our lives. And so that's kind of the context. And what's happened so far in this book is we've, uh, the Apostle Paul, the author, has been giving us a reminder, bringing us back to the importance of how amazing, beautiful, and critical and necessary the gospel of Jesus is. And he's kind of talking and speaking kind of directly against uh, culture and to us who take like Jesus, awesome, we love it, but we also have all these other things that we try to elevate and say, okay, Jesus and, but also my job, Jesus and also my family, Jesus and this other thing that gives me identity and purpose and drive and all my success and whatever comes from it. And Paul's saying, that's not it. In fact, those things actually can be uh, they can misguide you, they can lead you astray, they can take you off the path. And there, there's two main things that we just kind of came out of here. One is that we learned about this model of adoption of God's intention to elevate us out of all the junk in the world, all the stuff that pulls us down, that just keeps us, the systems that even sometimes we call religion, sometimes we call church, that actually just end up oppressing us and misguiding us and changing our direction and how God actually wants to adopt us out of that and make everybody, men, women, uh, doctors, coaches, lawyers, everybody, children, sons of God, fully uh, able to receive the same inheritance, the same treatment, the same love and grace that he gave his son, his own son, Jesus. So that one, and then we also got this understanding, this a fact that there's countless other options that will always masquerade themselves as the answer, the thing that will make your life better, right? I don't know if you spend much time on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever, you scroll through the reels now, which are so addictive. My algorithm lately is, I don't even know why, like maybe it, it's, the algorithms got into my bank account somehow, right? And so it's just all these like get rich quick schemes of like, follow my investment model, you will be a millionaire and you have no more excuses to complain that minimum wage, whatever, like, and they're all lies because at the end of the day, and in fact, no, women get it too with like, here's the new standard for being beautiful. Here's the stuff you should buy. Here's a way to like pretend that you don't care about beauty, but actually still be fully caring about that. Your appearance matters so much. And uh, whatever it is, here's the way to have you no know, more uh, confidence in relationships, whatever. And nobody's offering the information free, right? It's all for self-gain. It's all for whatever people are trying to get their own lives ahead. And the Apostle Paul is saying that everything out there from the world has an ulterior motive, but God came in and actually adjusted and changed something, did something completely selfless, 
and that we could never replicate. We could never even get close to trying to copy it or manipulating it. And so he gets here with an argument that is super close to home for the first century audience. It's a story tied to the identity of Israel, of God's people. And uh, so he talks about it. It's a perfect passage to study. I love it because the Apostle Paul literally says, hey, here's the story. You all know it. Here's the symbolism. He tells you the symbolism, and here's what it means. So it's, it's great. It just is right there in the book. But I read it, and all of a sudden he starts talking about Mount Sinai represents slavery. And I thought, that's strange. Because if you've read the story from the past, Mount Sinai, this is this thing that was like the pinnacle moment of salvation and redemption for first century Jews, for people who had been part of the nation of Israel. This was a good thing. And Paul's like, no, no, that was a bad thing. Not, not a bad thing. That was, it represents slavery. And here's a different sort of comparison. And I was thinking like, oh, okay, what's going on here? And this is the part, so, you know, if you're doing the study after this and you're like, that was my answer, that's okay. You can, you can jump into that, that's fine. You can take ownership for it. But what hit me as just an example that I wanted to throw, pull out of this passage, and there's so much more depth to it too, what's happening is Paul is taking the look of something that's happening here, the Mount Sinai Covenant, which is the Ten Commandments, uh, the story where Moses went up the mountain, God gave Ten Commandments for how uh, God said, I did all of this for you, now you do this for me. This is what our relationship will look like, right? This is kind of the, the bar, the measure. And the Israelites were like, okay, great, right? And they started to follow it, but not perfectly, not well enough. And in fact, what they did is they took this thing offered from God and they started to change it and manipulate it to make it look and fit more like the world around them, more like what they wanted to see. They wanted, God said, I'm your king. They said, okay, but we also want an earthly king. The, God said, I've set up the way you want life. They said, okay, but we also want to do life, you know, the way we want to make idols and statues so people can see our power. We want to have wealth the way that the other nations have wealth. And God said, I've established and picked your land. They said, no, we want to have our own militarized borders and our own strength and systems to govern all of this. And I realized quickly what Paul's saying here is that Mount Sinai, that covenant, God gives us something good, and we often take good, try to make it for ourselves, and twist it. And we miss the point. And now when Paul's talking about this whole uh, Abraham and Sarah and Hagar thing and the two, the kids and the promises, he's saying, yeah, you had a kid the earthly way with Hagar, the biological way, according to the flesh, but I'm up to something better. I'm up to something bigger that's life-changing and shaping. And, and in the big story, the context of what Paul's bringing us back into, what impacts us is the fact that Jesus came into the world. So God said, I did these things, that was good, you twisted it, I'm gonna do something that you won't even be able to touch. I sent my son down into the world. He lived and healed and taught and, and sacrificed, took the weight of the world, the sin on it, and conquered death. I rose him up from the grave. You can't copy that. You can't twist or manipulate that. He rose from the grave and he's offering that salvation to you. And so this is what it is, and this is what the Bible study I want us to all engage in here together looks like. There's three things. These are, and it's a perfect way to guide if you're doing a study through the Bible, any passage, any text. You can do a verse, a chapter, a book, whatever it is. Ask yourself three things. And I have a guide too for a whole, hopefully you have that. Otherwise, guides at the back of the room here. Um, there's three things. So the first one is, read through the passage. What does this tell you about God? 
And even maybe ask yourself some stuff like, what does this tell you about God that's like counter to the stereotypical worldview of God? Or what does this tell you about God that's counter to even the very churchy Sunday school view of God that you maybe grew up thinking like God's in the clouds with the halo and all the stuff, this actually might look different. The second one is, what does this tell you about people or humanity, us, the world? Like, what's the state of the world look like? And then the third thing is, uh, what does this change in your life? And in fact, you can even ask yourself, phrase it in this way. If you're here today and you're like a little bit skeptical, you're on the edge, you're like, okay, I got dragged to church, I don't really care. Ask yourself this, read the thing through. If this was true, what would this change about your life? Those are the three points. And the, thing I, the things I kind of got out of the first one here too is the first one, God. God has something better than just good for us. About us people, we have a tendency to twist the good things God gives us into selfish causes and the change. And this is something that I want to learn to live out better. And I think we can all live out better. Every time I think I can take control, I can make something good enough for my life, I can do the right stuff. And in fact, if you're doing this study and you're like, there's nothing I need to change, that's probably the first indicator. Maybe that moment right there, I would think I'm good enough. My good enough is nowhere near God's gospel. It's nowhere near God's level of perfection. So that's what this is, that's what this is gonna look like this morning. I've actually got whiteboards up here too. Uh, there are Bibles at the back of the church. If you want to dive into that with a paper Bible, be fantastic. Otherwise, open up your phone app. That's how I do it most of the time too. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's some flexibility. There's some freedom here. We're going to do about 10, 15 minutes of this. We're going to have the questions on the back of the screen here too. Move your chairs around. Get up. Wander around. Grab a coffee. Uh, you know what? Even if it's just a time to connect, I'm okay with that. There's no rules here. There's no quiz Right? There are so many things that we can glean from this. So this isn't a time of finding the right answer. This is a time of just diving into the word and meeting God in it. So, so do that. We want to grow as a church community together. So what is going to be step one? Read through the text in your groups. You can do it by yourself if you want. You can find other people around you, whatever it is. This is a flexible, safe, easy space. Read the text. Step two, read around the text. So I even did a bit of the legwork for you. I found a few of the passages that relate directly to help you understand and get into this story a little bit better. It's on the worksheets there. And the third part is uh, discuss using these three kind of questions as a guide. What does it tell us about God? What do we learn about us? What does this change? And then lastly, if you are willing, and I hope you are willing to kind of engage in this together so we can be part of a community doing this study together. Uh, come on up, write your thoughts out here. Again, big, small, whatever it is, ramble on. I love rambling, it's fun. Dive into this, be flexible, uh, and help me write this sermon this morning. Help us grow as a community together. Uh, I'm going to end off at, we'll call it 10.07, no, 11.07, 11.05. I'm going to end us off in prayer, just kind of gather us back together. Uh, you're free to hang out. There's always space here. There's always a time and an area here to just study together. I would love to wander around, check out what's going on. Otherwise, that is this morning. So I want to invite you into that Bible study, and I'll come back up here a little bit later and turn to prayer. If you've got questions, find me. I'm going to be here. Um, and again, like I said, we've got the study guides and Bibles at the back of the room. So thank you. Go, go for it.